Girl Ashley and it's your girl Erica, and welcome to That Girl Podcast. This is where we do what we do for the kingdom and the culture as we represent our gender and generation. Hey, hey, girl, hey, girl, how are you? I'm good. Hola, boo. Hola, hola. <laughs> you speaking Spanish on the podcast now? <laughs> you know, I have about a good 15 words for you. That's all I got. And 10 of them are numbers, you know? Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's all I got. I only, took, I only took Spanish freshman year in college. I didn't take it after that. I took it in high school and, and in college. But the sad thing is that, I mean, it takes a while. Like, once I get in a groove, I can start to, you know, speak a bit better. Of course, yeah. But there's only one sentence that I can say very fluent in Spanish and I remember going to the Dominican Republic and they were they thought I was Dominican first and foremost and I'm like wait a minute player I'm not and so he was speaking Spanish to me and I couldn't keep the conversation up y'all should see how she cheesing though they thought I was Dominican though but I'm not like she was hyped that they thought she was Dominican I mean low-key it was like you think I'm Dominican (laughs) really I got it like that (laughs) however Dominican women have it (laughs) not at all Welcome back, guys. This is episode three of three. That Girl Podcast. Can you believe that we made it this far? You know, to those listening, this may not seem like a lot, but to the creatives that understand this process, you know, we're just going to just it's praise and thank God for giving us the strength and grace and, and um, patience to mm-hmm. deal with all types of malfunctions Amen. and all types of moves. Because there are times you're like, I need to record, but I don't feel like it. Real talk. Like right now, I <laughs> like, would rather be doing something else because yeah. I'm just under the weather a bit. So I would rather be. Today um, was just one of them days. It was, you know, but, you know, we pushed through for, for us and for you. So <laughs> if you've made it to through episode one and episode two, you know, kudos and congratulations to you. And we are ever so thankful. I don't think either Erica, Erica or I anticipated the amount of love and support we're being shown um, through this podcast and it is just overwhelming and it's beautiful and it's just I think for us it can just provide a little confirmation putting yourself out there is a little different it's very different and it's, <laughs> it's very exposing yeah but I do want to give a shout out to your grammar today because um, it is on point I know we just started the show but I just got to <laughs> shout it out because oh. Erica and I you know? want to just acknowledge like I mean the way you you put that together I'm like all right bestie you better come on with the Come on. Well, you know, the mic comes on and something just happens. Something happens to my spirit. I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) 
like the mic did something to my spirit yeah but for everybody listening um like ashley um, stated thank you so much for the support and for the text messages for the messages on social media and even commenting and saying how much you like the podcast and want to hear more like that really is encouraging to us and we really appreciate it so please continue (laughs) to do that because we need that love (laughs) amen we need that love um so we can keep going um but we are really trying to be intentional with this so um if you've tuned into episode one and two you also know on episode two we were beginning to um kind of dive into what dope means to us and we were breaking it down by each letter so last episode we talked about uh what the letter d means which it means deliberate yeah yeah we had a really good conversation and we talked about some ways positively and negatively we can be deliberate as people and how does that affect us and everything from being woke to, to being, being a side, side chick, chick, you know, so <laughs> all if, of that. if you are interested in learning how we were tying those things together in D and you happen to skip over episode two, we just encourage you to go back and go listen, back. you know, and um, in true fashion, this episode is going to be primarily about O, which is, you know, is Obama. 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 So if you listen to, what was it, episode one when we started to talk about, you know, what each letter meant um, to us. So O um, stands for Obama, but it connects to one of the pillars which mm-hmm. is culture yeah, for us yeah, because yeah. of what the obamas represented to our culture but we can't give them everything now let's like we gotta put step, it together we gotta put it together we have to actually get a video camera in here or something <laughs> because your choreography sometimes <laughs> y'all gotta see this so yeah that's that's gonna be next on the list for that girl podcast you know i don't know if i want that i kind of like being able to look a little raggedy while we recording that means i gotta actually look decent <laughs> Girl, you look good. What? You don't looking raggedy. What okay. you saying? I see nothing but beauty. You know what? what? If your best melanin? friend don't hype you up like this, you need new <laughs> best friends. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> you will never not be a hype man around these parts with us. <laughs> so before we get started, you know, we try to start every episode with that girl of the week. And at this point, I think either majority of people have heard, seen, or... Um, if you haven't, you've been under a rock somewhere. Right. Um, Queen and Slim. You Queen know? and Slim. So Erica and myself actually went to go Queen and, see Queen and Slim as well. Yeah. So um, a lot of mixed emotions about the movie. But as we were talking through, you know, who do we want to kind of represent this week in terms of that girl of the week? It is only right that we honor Lena Waithe. You Absolutely. Know? We've I've heard a lot of mixed emotions and mixed reviews about this movie. I've heard it even being referred to as a love story. And I <laughs> laughed. Because, I know because we had the conversation yeah. about it. And you're like, I'm sorry. This was not a love story. It's not. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, not. how is it a love story? No. And so, and, but I see how people can put it together being a love story. Because they started out as, hey, we're going on this random date. Yeah. I'm not feeling you, but apparently you feeling me. Mm-hmm. We have this tragic um incident that happens now we on a run for life together and we're still learning each other (laughs) but I'm starting to like you then I really like you then it's boom boom chitty chitty bang bang oh all of that you got to see Queen and Slim <laughs> to understand what the boom, boom, chitty, <laughs> chitty, bang, bang is. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> you got it? Yep, you got I'm it? Back. So because that, I feel like that was a pivotal moment in the movie. I agree. Um, so all those things happened to end the way that it ended. So 
I kind of feel like there was a built, when you say there's mixed emotions, that emotion of love and care, connection, all that was there. Yeah, and I think the controversy around how it ended and, you know, yeah. things that just happened in the movie. You know, I think that whether you love the movie, whether you didn't like it, whether you were indifferent, um, whether if you didn't see it, I think that we have to honor black women doing awesome things for the community in general. So whether you hated the movie, you didn't think it was great, I still think that we have an opportunity to really understand what this really means for us as black people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now that's deep because that the story, period, could happen yes. to any of us. Mm -hmm. It's not something that's out of touch, out of no. reach, it's not taboo, it's like, this is real. It is. Like it's really, really real for us and um, the black female in the movie, her perfect, she was a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like she was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, out here doing something random. Like yeah. she has something established. And it's crazy what I realized at the beginning of the movie, how she was kind of talking to him about her day or what's uh, some sort of situation at work. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we do. So it was so Normal. relatable. Right. It was so yeah. relatable. So kudos to Lena for that, because there's no way that I think it could have been done any better. I agree. You know, and I think that because Eric and I did have this conversation, you know, when you make an effort to, you know, get an education or just to further yourself and become established. You know, we tend to move to suburban areas and both her and I live in a suburban area. And there are times where a cop will get behind me and I am like in a light mode panic until they pass me because yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. And I think what she was trying to get the point across, it could happen to anyone. Any of us, yeah. And I think if nothing else, I encourage others to see the movie, not just us supporting us, but I encourage everyone to see the movie because what I think the opportunity allowed for was for others to really get an understanding or even like an insight to yeah. how it really feels yep. when we go through this. Like somebody pulls me over, I'm in a little bit of a panic and I'm on defense immediately. I'm pressing yeah. record on my phone because we do not know what's going to happen to us. And the way that she was able to keep the blackness that was just active in this movie. I mean, the music, The though. music was off the chain. I was like, is that yeah. Luther? That was Luther. Is that Earth, Wind, and Fire? Girl. I said, what? Hold the phone now. I was like, I need this soundtrack. Okay. And we were like 15 minutes into the movie. Right. You know? So I think that, um, I mean, and if you're not familiar with Lena Waithe, you know, she is a black, I think she is, a black, she identifies as, as gay mm -hmm. woman. And she's been in the industry for a little while. Like she worked as an assistant, um, assistant to the executive producer on Girlfriends. And Pause, because I don't think people know that. Because being the executive producer, assistant to, uh, I'm sorry, assistant to yeah. the executive producer for Girlfriends, the reason why I say pause one, Girlfriends is my favorite show. Favorite. I still, I record reruns on Girlfriends right now. And to know that she was a part of something in my mind, very critical at the beginning mm -hmm. of this, or yeah, I would say the beginning of this social media era for us, um, Girlfriends was like that show. It was. And it, the, what it it really did for our culture. It was in, in terms of Hollywood, mm -hmm. in terms of television, it just gave us an outlook to say, that could be me. Yeah. I mean, these it makes, are my friends. It makes professionalism, Ebonics, like the hood. With, I mean, where else are you going to see professional black women speaking Ebonics, doing yoga, eating sushi? Come on now. Like it, that, at that time, that wasn't that was not that was not a, television not for us not that was all. not and so they really broke a lot of barriers with that so shout out for her even being a part of anything yeah. like that 
you know, she, I think she um, was a part of Dear White People as well, the Netflix show. I mean, yeah. the Netflix, not the movie, not the show, but the movie. Yeah. And that's something I I think as well that has a different way of putting a spin on us being in white spaces and how we mm -hmm. respond to that, you know? So yeah. I think that anyone who can uncover or is not afraid to be daring and how they're approaching things that are happening in society and turning them into film and something beautiful, I think deserves an honor. Absolutely. And she's from Chicago. Okay. Shout so out, she shout was out. also part of um, The Shy as well. So mm -hmm. that was also a good um, series as well. So, and she's a May baby. I have to shout that out because my birthday's in May. Her <laughs> birthday's in May, you know. So you feel some kind of way? I mean, I just feel like, you know, we going to be automatically cool. Y'all cousins? I mean, we could be. <laughs> <laughs> we could be. But shout out to her, though. You know, I mean, she is she I think she's won an Emmy as well for episodes she's done, too. So I just think that um, producers don't get enough credit, especially black ones. Like, I think I was reading something where somebody walked up to Ava DuVernay and thought that she had she had produced this movie. And it was just like this more than just wow. me in this industry now. Yeah. But it's just the fact that people assume that, oh, this is a black movie. This is a good one. Ava had to she had she had, had to be her. her. Yeah. And it was just like, no, homie, it's more of us. <laughs> like, yeah. get it straight. You know, so I think together. that um, this is why it's important to highlight those because I don't think I knew. I knew who she was. Mm -hmm. I was familiar with her, but I wasn't familiar with, like, everything that she had played a part in we yeah. within film and media. So for me, I think that alone, when you're trying to break the the mold of this mainstream industry in a way to where I was listening to an interview that she did about Queen and Slim before it came out mm -hmm. and she was talking about that her and Melina got final I, I don't know I'm probably going to mess the term up but it was some type of final cut but it wasn't cut on the script it was cut on the film so what was showed was what they wanted, wanted people to, to see yeah and that's a big accolade like, no that's huge because yeah. most of the, most of the time when we are in those sort of positions in television and hollywood we are not put in positions to make those decisions and exactly. to have those rights because that puts you in a position to show the world what the black experience is like yeah we whitewashing everything so if if it is someone white that has that um, right or has that position, mm -hmm. then they could wash it out and kind of exactly. dumb it down of what the black experience is. But instead, when she got those rights, that put her in a position to make sure that everything that she wanted to be a part of this movie to show everyone what the black experience is, mm -hmm. it was there. And I received all of it. Yeah, and you know, I, I still have a bit of mixed emotions about the movie. I think I'm still <laughs> unpacking it. It's a few weeks later, you know, I'm still thinking it's about pieces from it. Like, oh my goodness, I, I'm just now catching that. And it was so funny because in the end, I was like, it'd be your own people, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's a true statement, though. And that's the reality. So right. as angry as we were to find out that it'd be your own people that sell you out. I know, right? It's just the reality of what happens in life, you know? So it's just um, kudos to her. experience, man. Look, it's, a, it's <laughs> something to experience, okay? <laughs> do you hear me? I like that experience. You know, I had to do a little Target Target. I love Target, though. I do, too. I, I shop there often. You know, I think Amazon has replaced Target, though. You know what? I would say so as well. <laughs> um, because it's nothing like, I mean, getting a box from Amazon on your porch when you come home from work, it's like Christmas. <laughs> Let's take that back. Getting a box the next day what? from Amazon on your porch with no shipping. What? Come on now. It's like Christmas. It's come beautiful. On <laughs> I come, come home now. like, 
oh, if I order this now, I'll have it tomorrow by noon. Bet. I can't wait. <laughs> What's most exciting and what Amazon should not have done is that they have this tracking system. So they let you know, hey, we're only seven stops away. And then it's like, oh, wait, let's take a picture of it on your porch. Look. It's arrived. I'm like, I can't wait to get home. <laughs> the like, hype so is excited. all get out. Okay. I literally have bought so many things from And it's just, and then they have the app. It just has a whole other conversation. I know. Because I can go down a rabbit hole with this app. I'm like, I can be in bed at one o'clock. Like, oh, I need such and such. Amazon Prime. Okay. I can get this by tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Good. And it's just like, did I really need it? In my head, I did. Because I've already, already passed order. <laughs> in my head, I did. And that's so I what got matters. it. That's, I think that's <laughs> where that's we what started. <laughs> so we would just say um, definitely check out Queen and Slim if you haven't seen it already. And, and look you, up Leah. I mean, like, Lena, if you don't, yeah. Lena, I said Leah. Um, yeah, look her up and look up some of the work that she's um, been involved in, um, in television and film. Um, she's pretty dope. And if you have, if you don't know about her, I think you know about her now. At least enough to go check her out. Yeah, I would agree. All right. All right. Bestie, you ready to get into this Obama? I'm ready to get into Obama. What's she on in here? All right. So let's kick it off. So um, as we stated before, um, the O in dope stands for Obama. So let's gonna let's break it out. And we're going to keep it um, in the same sort of format as we did before, where we kind of talk about some positives and negatives to really break down the definition um, for Obama as it connects to um, our culture. So let me start out with Barack. Right. Mm -hmm. So 44, not 44, (laughs) but 44. Thank you. Um, so when we when we think about Barack, right, mm-hmm. we think about how cool he was. We think about his swag, his leadership, his confidence. Um, honestly, like when I think about Barack, all I could hear playing in my head is India Ari, the truth. Because he is the truth. Say it's so real. I'm like, come on now. And I love the way that he makes me feel. Okay. Girl. Got your vocal talents and capabilities on this podcast. You <clears throat> Mic better. check one, two, one, two. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me, like when I when I think about Barack, that song plays in my head. And, um, and honestly, what I really appreciated about our about him being president was that um, he really had a love. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, like, not only did he have love for the people, yeah. but I love or loved the love he has for his wife. That, that was, was just, just beautiful. Yes. So mm. it's just like when you embody all of that, where you, when you think about all of that, I think that is um, one of the things why people really um, look up mm-hmm. to the Obamas, in particular to um, Barack. So Yeah, and I think that when I think of him sometimes, I think of, you know, we talk about creating our own spaces because there are so many spaces, literally like the whole world, that are that's not necessarily built or meant for us to succeed or be successful in. Yeah. And I think there is something worth saying that even though he could have went a different route and created his own space, he decided to do that within a sh- mainstream area that wasn't necessarily meant for us. Exactly. You know, so when you can do that, in a system that's built to keep us system that's built to keep us down and you can rise above and you can still be successful and do it with so much class and grace and swag. I'm just right. not like, how can you, how could you not want to be right? Like, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. So, and, and that makes it, I mean, that just to me takes it to a whole nother level because to be the president, it's not like you're just the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. You are the leader of the free world. Girl, check it. And that on so many levels means so much to 
people in third world countries. It does. So it's like the level of power influence um, that you have can definitely, and as we can see currently today, can definitely uh, move and determine kind of the trajectory of how your country and the world will move. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he was in a position like that from in the United States of America, knowing that a black man could probably never do anything like that is just remarkable. So, you know, but we already know that. So let's talk about Michelle. (laughs) Oh, good old Michelle, man. She is like my spirit animal in my head. (laughs) (laughs) She is like when I think of Michelle, I think of grace and I think of assertion because she was extremely assertive in, in her way of communicating. And she had such class and intelligence and she was just honest. Was, and yeah, that's why I was like, I want to shout out the level of honesty yeah. that Michelle had. Like the genuine, like she was very genuine. And I'm not quite sure. You don't get that from a lot of people immediately, you know, right? And she didn't come into the White House to do her own thing. Like, she, when well, she came in the White House and did her own thing, she didn't fall into what everybody else told her she should do. And I love how she did the mic drop on Becoming. Like, she said, <laughs> yeah. I have been waiting to get this out. Now that this is over, I can make my own sandwich. And I'm going to get this out. And exactly. if you've read Becoming, you know you what I'm referring to. You have to read to. it. Oh. Yes. So I think that the way that she... Um, she just sets trends in her own way and she's a level of grace that you don't have to pretend to be you don't have to try hard to be it is literally what she exudes out of her pores yeah and one thing i would say that i love that she gives um black women in particular um is a level of confidence absolutely allows us to feel good about being a black woman yes um and being um, and standing in our truth about that so Mm -hmm. i feel that for me that's why she's so pivotal you know what i mean yeah i just think that she is awesome so why are michelle and barack together a goal would you say like what is your (laughs) thoughts like Like, we why are they a goal like why are them the, the couple like the amazing people we know as Michelle and Barack Obama, why are they a goal to you? I mean, because some people, when you think about, when you hear Obama, you either think immediately the president, or maybe you'll think about them as a couple, or maybe you'll think about Michelle. But when you really kind of tie it all together, it's great to see them as a couple because seeing that, seeing black love on such a global, you know, yeah, you know, mainstream kind of way is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But then also seeing them evolve as individuals makes it more like wow you get to have this love in your marriage Mm -hmm. your love for your people and then you also are able to do things as individuals like the freedom that they have in their marriage to be them and Mm -hmm. to do what they need to do in this life yeah is like that's goals right there yeah i think that one thing i think i learned about her just from reading the book um is she was not a fan of politics at all she oh my actually, gosh she wasn't she just like, signed up for this in the book <laughs> yeah but one thing i appreciated about it you never saw that and how she communicated and acted with her husband um it was never something that was easy easy to identify and above all she saw her husband's dream and she supported him and i think it takes a certain kind of woman to realize that i am married to someone who can change the world yeah and my support has to be different so even though she may have not necessarily loved it she still supported him in that space yeah and i'm not and i think we are in a world now where 
I think it's okay to worry about you and have your own boundaries and your own level of self-worth and self-value. But when you are attached to someone that is just in their own right phenomenal, yeah, you have to take a different stance. Yeah. And she was able to reshift that focus and align yeah. it differently. And I think that's something to acknowledge as well. Because Absolutely. we always, we don't need nobody. I got this on my own. I'm not about to dim my light for him to shine. Which you could do it on your own. Yeah. However, there's power into. Let's Absolutely. be real. Let's let's it's a balance and it's power with a man and a woman. So let's let's be clear. Absolutely. I would agree. You know, and So I, why do you think that they are so important to our culture? You know, I think um We've seen a lot of representation of like rappers and actors and a lot of different people. And politics is not necessarily, we had Al Sharpton, we had, you know what I'm saying? We had all these people, but yeah. they, we haven't had anyone recently that I think gave us a positive representation um, in a world that hasn't seen at that level. Like no one, people hated the fact that he was in office just period because he just was black. black. Like it was for no other reason. Yeah. And they shattered any and all past stereotypes. You know, I remember seeing a quote right after um they um they came out of they came out of the white house and it was saying that don't allow the 8 years that Michelle spent to really 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 be able to shift the focus in how we view the black woman don't ruin that like don't yeah. like don't discredit it don't don't don't, don't, don't yeah. avoid it like it's something that's really important so yeah. for me personally I think that they were able to blast any stereotypes and they got rid of the naysayers, you know, which propelled an image of being black in America that I thought was awesome and dope. Yeah. Yeah. And and what I wanted to call out and um, I was hoping you was going to pay attention because I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to say pull up that uh, post you saw on Instagram because I felt like that post oh, yeah. was so it was just so on point to to in my opinion on why they were so important for the culture um because i totally agree like i feel like they propelled that image of being black in america um in a way where it's like oh my goodness this is you can you can do this and you can be black you can we can do this so yeah so i saw this post on instagram and i'm not sure who it was by because i think it may have been clipped five or six times since then um i'm not claiming this is my own i just want to be clear but it says when you enslave black people, but they gain liberty. So you go to war, but you but you lose. So you segregate black people, but they don't disappear. So you lynch black people, but they do, but they form self-defense squads. So you declare those terrorist organizations, but call but their cause for equality gain popularity. So you shoot their leaders, but they don't disappear. So you settle them in houses full of toxic lead, but they don't all die. So you train cops to kill them instead, but they protest so you ask why they keep complaining wow it's like so when people talk about how why are we always complaining still and why are we still so angry it's like because it's still happening to us absolutely <laughs> it's still there it's still there and it's crazy because when they were in office all these things that were thrown at them it's like certain things they didn't even respond to. No. Like they didn't even, mm. like we know what the corporate clapback is and we yeah. know a certain way to do it, but they was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna even give this my energy. Like nope. it's, it's like everything just does not require a verbal response. Being silent in itself gives off all the power, all the energy that is necessary. So it's, you just have to be very, very mindful of where you're gonna be transferring your energy to because mm they the way they did it is like that's goals that's that's why they are goals because exactly how can you 
do what you do, be who you are at that level and not even have this inkling to say like, I'm gonna send this on social media just this one time and slip up. Like, no, because never happened. 45 who shall remain nameless <laughs> and on that girl podcast will has Twitter fingers like it's nobody's business. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. So I think that, I think you're right. I think no response is the biggest response that you could give. And the way they handled it, I think, just showed a different way of how to deal with controversy and when people may have different opposing views of who you are. Yeah. You don't always have to respond or clap back. And it's hard, believe me. Because yeah, they tried to come for Michelle so hard. Ooh, child. And she's from Chicago, so you know she was ready. She would it. She would. She bought it. that life. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that's just something that um, when we talk about the Obamas that we think of in terms of why it's so important to our culture and what it represents for us. So we have tons of other O words that we kind of want to talk about, too, just that kind of relates to what we're referring to. And um, we were like we were talking about in terms of them like silence that being power in their silence yeah so it made me really think about like objections so how do we deal with objections like how do you navigate and deal with things that aren't necessarily that you want them to when they hit your life you know i know for me personally i have been in a space where over the past like few months or so from not from a lot of people but from a couple people my character has been attacked where people are perceiving me differently than i think i'm giving off or they're coming up with their own ideas of who they think I am without communicating to me. And it has been like disheartening at times because I'm good in a lot of things. You can say a whole lot of things about me and it really doesn't bother me. But since I value my character and how I uphold myself, when someone attacks that, when they have been in my space personally and intimately, it's like, who are you talking to, homie? I just be wanting to go off. So instead I pick up the phone and call Erica and go off. You know, I don't take to social media. I don't, you know, but I just have to get it out because it hurts. I'm human. It hurts. I don't like my character being attacked. Yeah. And it's not, and I don't always think it's fair, but life isn't about fairness. Life is about life being life and you got to pick it up and keep going, you know? And to add to that, I feel like, I mean, it's human. Nobody Mm -hmm. likes or wants to be rejected. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants that feeling. No one's saying, yes, I want to be rejected. No one's saying that. But I think it's a part of life. Yeah. And being that it's a part of life, um, it's hard to navigate through something that's so challenging, so difficult and painful when um, you have to get to the next road. Yeah. You know, the next path, not the next road, but the next path in your journey. And like for me, um, in terms of handling like rejection and objection and things of that nature, um, I honestly internalize it. That's fair. You do. Yeah. I internalize it because whether it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, Mm -hmm. my family, professional, professional, like I internalize it, not to the point where it's like, I'm like going crazy, but I would like take it in and be silent for quite some time to really figure out my thoughts. I think being in HR has helped me become more tactful with my words. Mm -hmm. So before I respond, let me get this together. (laughs) So those things are going through my head, but I do, I internalize it. I really, really do. And I'm not saying that that's probably the best thing. It could be good. It could be bad. But it's your truth. But yeah, that's my truth. And internalizing things for me at times puts me in a position to overthink. 
And mm-hmm. when I get to that point of overthinking, then it's then then I'm going too far. Yeah. Um, because then I'm creating these situations yeah. in my head. I'm creating these scenarios, and there's no truth to it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's, real. that's that's the challenge for me. When mm-hmm. it comes to um, rejection or being, you know, or having objection in my life. Um, so working through that in itself is already challenging. But then helping mm-hmm. people on a day-to-day basis with that sort of rejection. Because if you take it to a very day-to-day standpoint, people are always rejected when they apply for a job. Yeah. And they never hear a call back. That's true. They apply for a job and immediately get the rejection email. Thank you for applying. We went forward with a different candidate. And like, <laughs> pause. That'd be the worst. Like, I didn't put an hour in this application. You gonna tell me immediately? Immediately? You didn't even look at my you, material? Like, you didn't even look at it. This is twenty four hours later. Like, I am less. a boss. You want to hire me? <laughs> Give me an opportunity, homie. <laughs> okay. But no, so I, yeah. That, I mean, so just taking it to that level. Um, it, it's again, it's a part of life, but it's just mm-hmm. one of those things like how do you deal with that? And that is the hardest because yeah. I mean, even when you work for an organization and you see um, an opportunity that you want to, you know, kind of go forward with and you get the, well, we're looking for and you're yeah. like, oh, OK, we've all, all right. been there before. And it's like, <laughs> dang, <we're> so close, <laughs> you know, and I just think that I think you made a really good point of like going down a rabbit hole and one thing I have been very, very intentional about like over the last couple of years specifically has been ensuring that when I start going down rabbit holes, because Eric and I overthink just off of who we are. It's just, (laughs) it's just a part of who we are. We have to tell each other like, okay, don't overthink this. Okay. Don't go to the left. You went too far. You went too far. Come back, come come back, come back. back. You gotta make your right on eight mile. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? So those things are important. And it's like, the only way you can do that is to tell yourself the truth. Yeah. So your feelings don't always have an IQ. It's something that I've learned and things may be valid and it's okay to feel your feelings, but you have to combat them with truth. Absolutely. Because when you start talking in terms of truth versus feelings, then it's like, I feel kind of stupid for feeling like, why would I even think that? I know, I know who I am. (laughs) I know what my character is. Why am I allowing someone else to tell me that? And it's affecting me. Yeah. So I feel my feelings. I go off a little bit, but then I come back to it because I understand that that's not the truth. Yeah. And the only person that knows my truth is me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny when you say that, I think about, I want to say it was some, um, it could have been like a documentary or something like that, I don't know, uh, of Beyonce. And she was saying like she gave herself, um, I think it was like 24 hours to be in her feelings. Mm. Um, and then she she has to get out of it. We should try that. Um. <laughs> Maybe I'm gonna not. be real. Maybe not. Um, I mean, we're close <laughs> to 2020. Maybe we can put that on the list. Um, <laughs> but don't ask me to do it tomorrow. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but no, so I, I thought that was really interesting because to do what she does at the level that she does, mm-hmm. um, she's Beyonce. So yeah. um, you don't have time to be in your feelings. That's you real. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. one of those things where it's just like how much truth is your like what truth are your feelings bringing yeah to this situation not necessarily saying your feelings aren't true to you but more so to say the way in which you're responding from your feelings is that the truth in that situation yeah. if yeah. that makes sense no i got you so yeah so that's one of the the o's i would say is objection <laughs> that you know we kind of kind of went on a tangent there yeah so here's another one so objectivity mm-hmm 
So, and it's funny when I say that word, you know how sometimes we will read a word and you can't say it out loud, but you mm-hmm. know it in your head. I'm so proud of myself for actually being able to say that. So kudos to me. Cause I always do that during that presentations beautiful. at work and you're like, a budget, but chibachi. Ooh, that's not the word. And you mess it all up. Yeah. So I did it right that time. All right. So objectivity. So thanks. <laughs> now being objective, I do think that, um, the Obamas did a very good job with this. And I think they were really criticized mm-hmm. for being as objective as they are. That's because fair. some people, especially black people, I would say, feel like they could have done more for the black community. Um, in, in having that mindset and thinking that they could have done more for the black community, which, you know, everybody has their opinion on that, but also thinking on a broader scale, you are the leader of the free world. Yeah, pretty much. So you represent us but you also are responsible for so much more, you yeah. know? So it's just a matter of like, all right, how do you balance this? Mm-hmm. And there's, of course, a lot of politics in play with that and everything, but um, what do you think contributes to someone being objective? I think immediately maturity. Absolutely. I think that That's you have to, like, you, it's, it's like for me, it's maturity because I think it takes not just age, but I think it takes wisdom to yes. allow us to be objective to where we may have feel very, very strongly about one opinion of something, but it allows us to be able to take a step back, be objective and Mm -hmm. say, I may not agree, but I can at least understand where they may have got to this logic. Because for me, it's all about logic. I need to logically be able to follow you. Even if I don't agree, Agree I need to be able to, Yeah. yeah, I need to be able to put the steps together. Like, okay. Eh. I see how you got there. I don't like it. I still don't agree, but (laughs) I I see how you got there. Yeah. 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 What about you? What do you think can play into? You hit it. You actually Mm -hmm. hit it. So you said maturity. I was going to hit wisdom because Mm, the level of understanding that it takes to be able to say like, um, this isn't the time, like Mm -hmm. making the decision to say certain things at a certain time. Yeah. um, Takes a lot of um, not only maturity, but wisdom to understand that. And patience. And and patience. I was going to say grace. Um, well, see, look, we're right there together, girl. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. So um, so that wisdom and grace, that plays a huge role in maturity that aligns with the objectivity. But um, I think wisdom in itself is just what is necessary for anybody yeah. to be objective. Because you can be in a frame of mind where it's just you and what you think, what you feel, mm-hmm. and not necessarily considering everyone else's thoughts, opinions, their feelings, um, which is very selfish and isn't necessarily the wisest thing to do, of course. So, so yeah, so I feel like, um, honestly, I really feel like we were being very deliberate in being objective Hmm. in today's time. Okay. So that's kind of like tying in what we talked about in our last episode about being deliberate. I kind of feel like we're we are trying our i think this generation is really trying uh very hard to be deliberate in being objective because when it comes whatever controversy there may be um any troubles i kind of feel like we're trying to be the neutral party and mm-hmm. at least be able to speak truth to that yeah even though we may be if it, if it's a race thing for example yeah we may be black but we try to play that role to call out the good and the bad on both sides yeah but do you think you say you think it's deliberate this will be where i would have to respectfully disagree you know i would have to let me see how it's at work i don't have to challenge that (laughs) (laughs) that's what you say yeah i have to challenge that those are academic terms like we're gonna just challenge that thought i mean because i think that a bit of it i understand 
where you're coming from. But I think that we've kind of been forced to be objective because things have not really worked in our favor. So we've been forced to look at both sides of the spectrum. And it's not, I think maybe now it's normalized, but I think it's normalized because we've been forced over time because we didn't necessarily have a choice. Like we try to control the perception. Think about when you're a kid and your mom told you, don't get out here and act funny in front of these white folks. Right. You know, so like we're almost, we were, we were conditioned in a way. Yeah, we were conditioned. You know, Mm -hmm. we were forced to conform in a certain kind of way. And when you're, when you're, when you have to do that and you don't necessarily have a voice, you can see what's going on around you. Yeah. Right. So it's just, so I, I, I definitely, I agree with what you're saying, but I think that we were, I think it was a little bit more forced on us and it just became a part of our nature because we didn't have much of a choice anymore. And now it's just normal. Okay. I follow that. Yeah. I follow that kind of (laughs) because in my mind so what I'm thinking is that so yes I agree that I do feel that we were conditioned to really be able to respond and act in a certain way in certain environments in certain situations yeah um and to be the bigger person yes um we've been forced to be so it's like you know that that I would say yes too but what I see more now of is that Instead of it being you're forced to be the bigger person, I feel like we're deciding now to be the bigger person, if that makes more sense. So that's kind of like where I was going with it. I feel like no, I, get I, it. I, see, more pe- I see more people deciding I'm going to be the big, bigger person here. You know what? Mm-hmm. We were wrong here, but you was messed up right there. You know what I mean? So I'm, that's kind of what I was thinking. So I think just being able to be objective and call out the truth on both sides, you mm-hmm. know, that they're on is is the piece that they're deciding to do that I find is is more obvious and I respect more in our generation. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that I'm, I'm objective because I think it's a great quality to have, but it can be a double-edged sword sometimes. Why? Because sometimes you can be so objective to the point where it compromises your own boundaries and self-worth. Mm. So, you know, I think before I hit a space where I have the self-worth and value that I have for myself now, that I was almost over-explaining why others did what they did in in a way that made it okay, Mm -hmm. that rationalized that. And I think there is a very thin line between... Being objective, being mm -hmm. flexible and adaptable. That speaks so much of my life. (laughs) <laughs> and I think me and you are very similar in that way because like I mean I'm naturally a giver I'm naturally a nurturer like yeah. I will take care of people I will make sure you're good and I would literally like okay well I can understand what they're going through right now so they may not have this space or they may not be able to do that yep. or I can see where they're coming from so I'm not hitting a situation with my feelings anymore and I think we do you're that not, it's the- not even just your feelings it's just who you are, what you need, your cup. Like, it's not even being acknowledged. It's not being recognized. It's like, what do I need to do to make sure you're good? What needs to happen to make sure everybody else is good? And it's like, so yeah, when you were saying all that, I'm like, oh my gosh. Because I would never think in a million years, um, because this took a lot of therapy and sessions with. Look, therapy is real. (laughs) To really realize this, Mm -hmm. but, because I would never in a million years say that I was a people pleaser. But what I will say is that I definitely got along with people very well and knew how to work a room, et cetera, but never thought that I would have had the definition of, oh yeah, people pleaser. And I was like, well, I don't do that because I'm I'm just able to be flexible in situations. I can just adapt to my environment. But then there yeah. was no boundary that was set 
for me on what was too much, too far, what was not okay. I didn't yeah. have that boundary in place. So instead of it just being Erica's flexible, Erica's adapting to her environment, Erica was doing too much. Yeah. Is what was what was happening. So when you said that, I was like, oh, this is therapy again. It is because that fine line <laughs> is boundaries. That's literally what that fine line is in between is boundaries. And and I mean, when I said like, you know, how I'm feeling, it's like I'm ignoring my own feelings because I understand their situation too well. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, I know how I feel, but. Exactly. And it's like when we do that, you know, we deplete ourselves over and over and over again. And I'm all, I'm in a space of transference of energy. You know, the energy that's being transferred, if I'm giving, something has to be giving back to me. It doesn't have to be in the same way, mm-hmm. but I have to be getting something from it to replenish my cup. Absolutely. I can't be out here running around on an empty cup. And I give from an overflow. That's what You sound like you were you were kicking it with Nelly the other day. I can't be out her. I may have. You may have. Okay. Yeah. Tell them I said what up. I will. Maybe I can get some Air Force Ones. A little bit. <laughs> Thank you so much for going on with Air that. Air Force Ones for a while. Okay. I'm sorry. Tangent. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I think that that's something that's really important to yeah. me when I think of it as boundaries. And even Erica, I, we've been friends for so long that like our lives are so intermingled. It's almost crazy sometimes, you know, yeah. but we also both had to like, we went through almost an evolution at the same time. And we both created boundaries that look different for us. So then we had to have a moment where we were like, okay, so I know this has been okay for the last, I don't know, 15 years, but now <laughs> this is not okay now. for me because I'm working on myself and this is a boundary. And those are conversations that aren't always easy to have, you know, like we yeah. literally have been, we have had like some conversations that have been really tense. Like, okay, so look, I get what you're saying, but this is a boundary for me now. And that's almost. And especially when you're learning boundaries, <laughs> yeah. you be creating boundaries that's not even a boundary and you yeah. labeling it as a boundary. I'm like, no, you just hungry. Like, what do you mean this is a boundary? <laughs> no, but I got to eat. So Erica, since I have to eat, you know what I'm saying? I can't do this. I'm like, just heat up the plate. Just it's that simple. You're like, it's a boundary. Fine. <laughs> you know, that- <laughs> I, I wouldn't quite agree with um, <laughs> that interpretation because I think I'm very sensitive about the boundaries that I do create. But I think it's just but what it does is you may not always agree with people you're in relationships or friendships with, but you can understand and respect where they're at, yeah. you know? So they're I'm like, man, I don't like that. But what you mean? That's a boundary for you now. Like, chick, stop tripping. Like, yeah. but then you have to take a step back and say, OK, well, she's unpacked this. She spent time in this and I can do nothing but respect it, you know, and it's just because no one wants to adjust after you have a groove after so long. Right. So (laughs) I think it's important to recognize that friendships need tune ups, too, sometimes Mm -hmm. like you have to have difficult conversations. You got to have those difficult conversations, but you also have to have the flexibility, the freedom in all of your relationships to allow the other person to evolve, to grow, to learn, to be different. Like you have to have space and room for that and um so definitely in our friendship I feel like we have that and I'm so thankful yeah so yeah. thankful for that um because without it it would it would keep us at our 2003 selves Ain't nobody um, got time for that. and no 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 mm-hmm. no hunty <laughs> so 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 just thinking about it is like ooh, mm-mm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> so it but again so I, I think that when you are in a position to have those sort of relationships with people, mm-hmm. you have nothing but just greatness coming your way. But I would say that having boundaries, um, while it's challenging to mm-hmm. put them in place, yeah. it may be challenging for others to receive it. It is a very good indicator 
of whether or not particular individuals should be in your life yeah are going to stay in your life because if someone is not respecting what is okay for you and not okay for you while in the beginning it may be different it may be odd um at the end of the day you have to do what's best for you nobody else is responsible for that but you so if someone is respecting that and honoring that then that's how you know there's an there's that's their indicator to know that all right this person could be on my team yeah, I get that. Absolutely. 100%. So I think that um, it's important to make sure the people that are in your life respect your boundaries. Yeah. All right. We got a couple of more O's to talk about. Because um, I think when we were, you know, kind of going into this and thinking about all the O's, we talked about obedience. And you immediately said like, "Ooh, we always rebel against obedience. So I want you to kind of talk about how... Um, obeying you know whether it's the systems that are built um policies procedures or just really just anything how do we kind of rebel against those things in your opinion you know i think that um when i think of us rebelling you know against obeying things (laughs) you know we 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 rebel against a system that was built to work for us like spirituality and god we rebel against it because we don't understand it. We rebel against it because society has told us it's something different. We rebel against it because we just don't fully get the importance of it, you know. Um, and everyone has their own viewpoint, and that's fine. But Eric and I are women of God. We're women of faith. So that's what we're going to talk about here. <laughs> um, and I think we, on a positive end, we rebel against things that oppress us. Yeah. And I think that we see that so clearly and so vividly now that it is so amazing, right? Yeah. You know, so I'm just really excited that, you know, we are in a space now where we're like, man, forget what you didn't said all these years. I'm going to do it this way because this is how I feel I should do it, you yeah. know? And like little things, like I'm not going to code switch. Mm. I'm not going to conform mm. to say your it, way. Say it for the people in the back. I am not going to code switch. I, I like am not going to conform. Too. You know, I had to make sure everyone heard me. <laughs> You know, like, and that's, and to me, that's a form of rebelling because that's, that's giving us a way to do something differently than we've been told to do with our entire lives. Yeah. And I, I like, I had a conversation with one of my students and it's so interesting. There's like maybe a 10 year age gap between us and she went to an HBCU in undergrad and we didn't have that same experience. Right. And so the way she talked about little things like wearing a scarf outside the house or like wearing her hair natural in a certain kind of way. And I said, you have to understand, like, I get it, honey, but I didn't go to a school like that. Like we weren't out here, natural hair, wild, free, beautiful. Like we did not walk out with scarves on our head. And if we did, you were like, what's she doing that for? You You know what I'm saying? So like things like that to where I don't necessarily agree with some of them, but I get the point of feeling like you have that freedom now to just be liberated to do that. Yeah. And I think above anything else, like I always say this all the time, you know, my babies, like my God kids, I'm just so grateful because between your daughter and my other friend's daughter, I'm so excited that they get to grow up in an environment where natural hair is being embraced. Oh my goodness. Like we were 11 getting just for me perms. Like it was a rite of passage. Like, oh, you can get one now? But you know what though? I felt like I was behind the times. I didn't get my first perm until I was in 10th grade. So Are you serious? I'm very serious. My grandma used to give me that press and curl. So I had like braids up until like seventh grade. Then after that, I was getting my hair pressed by my grandma. And then once I got a job, my mom was like, oh, you want to get your hair done? Let's go to the salon. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just like, oh, I, I just been getting my hair done. Yeah. So I think it took us a while to take back what beauty looked like to us. Yeah. 
And, and I like that point that you make. So it's funny. I'm sitting here thinking about another O. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, and I'm just going to say, because when you're talking about like what you should look like, who you should be like, what you're supposed to be like, what you just, um, should sound like, what you should act like, mm-hmm. outcast. What exactly is the epitome? We can end episode of that. here. Okay. What? Outcast, not only in their um, style and sound and flow to music, but they came through the woodworks like. Oh, yeah, we going to look crazy, but be fly and get your girl. Holla at me. <laughs> and I'm we're like. We're going to be eclectic. We're not going <laughs> to. Right. And I mean, we're going to do everything that the opposite of what you think we should do. Facts. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but everybody like, come on now. Like, I'm just waiting on Andre 3000 to come back and drop an album real quick because girl. I need him in my life right yeah. now. So, um, but No just huge shout out to outcast i just love music but when i thought about just who does exactly what we're talking about in terms of rebelling against those things that people say you should be Mm -hmm. or be in this box or you're this label and they were like nah i'm not doing that i'm gonna be who i am on top of that i'm gonna also do this freaky stuff that you don't know (laughs) nothing about and blow your mind like (laughs) you know they had an interesting way of capturing your attention i would say that (laughs) that's a nice way to put it you know i try to i try to put things tactfully at times you know i don't always hit the mark you did a good job with that you did a good job with that so i hope that you guys got a good understanding um as to some good positives and negatives as it relates to um obama and with all of the different um words with obedience objection um, objectivity objectivity yes. um outcast yes. um, <laughs> all of those things um even oppression we didn't even talk about it but essentially that connects you know yeah. with it as well um so if you guys have anything different or a different letter maybe mm-hmm. um or different word i would say that starts with the letter o um let us know drop yeah. it in our drop it in the comments and be like oh you forgot to say this one yeah um let us know you know, let us know what you think it can apply to our culture that starts with an O that kind of flows into this conversation that we're having today, you know, about just the O in our version of dope. You know, if I would have to say so myself, I think our version of dope is pretty dope, you know. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I like it. You like it a lot? I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So we are close to wrapping up. You know what that time is, you know. So I'm going to let Erica introduce this one like only she can. What you talking about? Like what's happening? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's talk about some things that are happening right now. Uh, One of the things that um, I love about us, um, (laughs) I would say that we, you know, to tie in our love us uh, segment here. Um, So everything that has happened within the current presidential kind of process at this moment. Yeah. Um, we had a phenomenal candidate who recently dropped out. And let mm-hmm. me make sure I get this name right. Kamala Harris. That is correct. Senator. Senator. Kamala Harris. So you okay, guys pause. <laughs> I take back the fact that I said we don't need a camera in here because if you would have just seen Erica's hands go up, like she was directing a choir. Kamala, Kamala Harris. <laughs> I had to be intentional with that because I was really trying to make sure I got her name right. It's, it's important that I, I pronounce her name correctly. Absolutely. Um, but I think it's so funny because on Twitter, um, 45 tried to come for her mm-hmm. saying like, oh, you know, that's too bad. You know, we're we'll going to miss you. Miss you. <laughs> right. We'll miss you. She like, yeah, whatever. See you at your trial. 
Mr. President. She don't even acknowledge a man by name either. <laughs> so her clapback was everything. But mm-hmm. I, I give her, I, I love that because we know as black people, we got the clap back in us. Yeah. You know, I feel like she took a course from Michelle Obama. <laughs> like, like, oh, don't worry. She giving out private courses on a graceful clap back. I hope she's there too. Man. <laughs> Taking pictures. <Yes>. Like, <laughs> like, oh, you thought I wasn't going to show up? You thought I wasn't going to be here? You said you missed me, remember? Hello? I'm, I'm here. Like, <laughs> that'll be some ignorance if I do. You said you missed me. <laughs> Have her show up in some J's. <laughs> what a fitted couple. You thought I wasn't coming? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> so I know you heard her hit her chest. Jesus. Like she's some baby thug. <laughs> Low key, I am a baby thug. That's all I got in me is a baby thug. <laughs> but the fact that you just. Cl- <laughs> I can't take you. All right, y'all. Oh, man. Okay, I'm trying not to laugh in this mic. Mm. So tough. But that <laughs> is my what's happening for I love us. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I just love her. Like, she's just like, what? Whatever. <laughs> like, I'll be at your trial, homie. Can we, can we get to a trial? Let's just pray, everybody. I know. I mean, but the thing <laughs> is, is that when they've been talking about impeachment for so long, yeah. Um, when... Angela Rye hit us with, let me break down what the process is. So it's not going to happen overnight if we get here. And she said this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And um, when she broke down the process, I was like, man, it's going to go all the way into the election. <laughs> By the time you get impeached, so might as well just vote him out. Like, you're going to get impeached. Like, <laughs> you're going to get impeached. And two weeks later, somebody going to be in office. And it's just like, well, dang. So... Yeah. Just pray Ooh, okay. for us. <laughs> it's clearly time to end this episode because we are getting loopy. We are getting goofy. Um, and, you know, we can end if it had not been for this, I wouldn't be that girl. Mm. So what from today's episode, you know, and just things that we talked about today, if you had to fill in those blanks, what would they be today? Hmm. I think if it had not been for um, therapy, I would not be the girl that um has boundaries mm-hmm. and is able to respect and honor other people's boundaries hmm. that's good so shout out to therapy that is good man huh you kind of took half of what i was gonna go with that i would say if it had not been for dealing with objections Um, I would not be that girl that has been able to develop a thicker skin Mm. and to be able to pull my bootstraps up and deal with this world and get it. And hit your chest like I'm a thug. Hey, (laughs) say it with your chest. (laughs) Say it with your chest. (laughs) You know, so I think I'm always, so we always talk about being purpose and pain. And I think that it's, it's fun to say because it rhymes and it's cute and you know, it's a, you know, a little bit of a statement, but I think there is true purpose and pain. And I don't think that if I would have went through that, Cause like in that moment, as I kind of, to kind of bring it back full circle for me in that moment where I was going through that, where my character was being questioned because of someone else's own views or insecurities or whatever was going on in that situation. And I'm not saying there's not some, there's always somebody's version of the truth to a situation, but what it made me do is say, no, that's not who you are. Don't attach that to yourself. So if it had not been for me getting those objections and dealing with those things, I would not have had an opportunity to tell myself the truth about who I am. Yeah. And as you love to say, Bestie, you know, it's allowed me to be able to stand in who my, in my truth and who I am and yeah. own that. 
ain't nothing like owning who you are, man. Yeah. And I kind of, we should just make an episode on standing on your truth because we gonna have to, I think, I think I need to unpack that for some people. Um, because I say, I say it at work and people look at me like, you mean speak your truth, Mm-mm. stand in your truth, yeah. all of it. So, um, so maybe we'll do that in the future. We maybe we'll do that in the future. To. Yeah. But, um, but now I recognize that, uh, in you and I'm proud of you for that because that is a lot to take in because yeah. when people put their insecurities on other people, it is a very hard thing to decipher the truth in it. Yeah. If it is any at yeah, all. Yeah. And then also to be able to just take a step back and be like, but what is the truth? And knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think your relationship with Christ also has played a huge part in that because Look. your identity is in him. Yeah. And it's just like, and I always, my prayer every day, and I think some things people get misconstrued and I'm going to, we're going to end this here after this is that because I'm a seminary student, because I really have decided to devote my life to God, that I don't still struggle with parts of my faith. That is a lie. Oh my goodness. You know, so for, if anything, if anyone who is taking a different space in spirituality in terms of um, just a commitment level to Mm -hmm. him, you're going to be attacked spiritually differently because Mm -hmm. you're trying to do something different in his name. And I just always pray that I see myself the way God sees me and that my circle and just women in general and people in general see themselves the way God sees them. And I think I can see elements of it where I'm like peeking in the door, like, oh, Oh, that's that's what that is. That's what's up. I like that. But I'm not quite all the way in the room. You know, gotcha. kind of deal, like I complete transparency, you know, in that space. But I'm getting there. But you're at the door and you can see it. I can see it, though. So that means I'm close enough to snatch it. All right. Now. You know, so um, we in a snatching seasons. I'm snatching blessings. I'm snatching, I'm snatching everything that's mine because okay. I'm not waiting on nobody. I'm snatching your edges. I kind of want to keep mine, though. Wait a minute. I mean, I thought it was appropriate to say because kid. You're right. Um, you're okay. right. I just want to hear, you know, because he mentioned that with the Beyonce concert. And it's just when you said snatching, it just took me there. Like, oh, she's snatching my edges. Sorry. I went to my head like, wait a minute. You like, I want my edges, though. <laughs> my edges are important to me. Edges are important. It is. All black girls need them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to end there. No comment. No comment. <laughs> we are <Okay>. done. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to our third episode of That Girl Podcast. Bestie, if you wanted to give your handles for those that are listening in for the first time. Yes, yes, yes. So I would say step one, if you've made it this far, far, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so you can get alerts. We will be dropping every other Sunday just to kind of let everyone know. We were so excited to drop the first episode. People are like, so what's next? We were like, another episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh, we didn't tell people when. So um, our episodes will be dropping every other Sunday. If you haven't figured that out now by the cadence of the third episode, um, you can reach That Girl Podcast at That Girl Podcast on Instagram, That Girl Pod on Twitter. We're not very active on Twitter yet. So just hit us up on Instagram. That's the Instagram is where it's at right now. (laughs) (laughs) Eric and I are trying to bring ourselves back into the social media world. Yeah, we're working um, in that space. And um, you can find me on Instagram at I exude underscore me, I E X U D E underscore M E. All right. Well, for me, I would say um, my my personal page, um, it is private. So if I don't know you and you would like to see the things that I post, which is mainly Wisdom Wednesday quotes, um, you're going to have to get accepted. So it's going to be a process for you. <laughs> um, but if you would like to, if you would like to go through that process, um, you can uh, connect with me on Instagram at Erica, E-R-I-K-A dot Monet. M-O-N-A-E. 
Um, and for my business, if you ever need a coach professionally. Not if, when you need a coach. Okay, speak it. You better come on now. Um, but seriously, um, for coaching needs, um, consulting needs from an HR standpoint, um, my business um, is also on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at Eric, Erica Monet Group. So that's E-R-I-K-A-M-O-N-A-E-G-R-O-U-P. Yeah, so this has been another episode of That Girl Podcast. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye-bye. Peace. Ooh. That was strong. <laughs>